Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Thanks, everybody. You pushed us over 3,000. We put the Forbidden Glizzy construction and consumption video out there. There was res- did not disappoint. The the response to the forbidden glizzy food hack from Costco, which is a chicken bake where you slide that Kirkland dog in. The response to that video so far has been interesting. interesting. In what sense? Based on the demographic. <laughs> based on the demographic. Go on. I feel like our the women in the audience. The responses that I've gotten have been, I have mixed feelings about this. <laughs> and I said, well, that was the goal. So, cool. But some of the guys in the audience, buddy, watching that video is not going to change any sort of things about you, okay? <laughs> it's fine. There was one guy who's like, once you said it was squirting out the side, I was out. Why? Like, I'm just saying. Anyway. Thanks to everybody who pushed it over 3,000, which gets to the next question. What do we do when we get to 4,000? Mm. We got time to think about that. We Although, do. I did see that KFC is bringing back the double down. Oh, what's that? The double down is uh, two fried chicken breasts. Oh, and then there's like they, bacon or something in between? So, so the, the chicken is the bun. Bun. And they put bacon and cheese and a sauce in between the chicken. Hell Yeah. Not before the beer mile, that's for sure. Yeah, probably not. You thought you were stopped up before. (laughs) Indeed. All right, let's answer some Hey Joe questions. Brought to you by Oak City Sports Cards, oakcitycards.com. From ACC State Fan, hey Joe, is this the time of year you and Jillio pretend to be bracketologists? I, I I don't answer questions from the fake person, so. Well, that's a real no, tweet. No, it's not. Yeah. No, no, no. You, His handle is ACC State Fan. There's no such thing as an ACC State Fan. They're just a State Fan. Yeah, just stop with that. Okay. Well, anyway, I don't pretend to be a bracketologist. So, anyway, whatever. Next up. I got a proposition for you. From Jake. Hey, Joe, I'd really like to know how on earth. <laughs> again, I'd really like to know how on earth wow. the refs could go to the monitors. That's big care and energy. And watch this playback and decide that. Te- Ter- Terquavion decided deserved a technical and not the guy doing an ice dance routine on a basketball court. Yeah, look, so last night in the Duke NC State game, Terquavion, Terquavion was being extra last night in a lot of different ways. I had no problems with it because I thought it was an intense game uh, that everybody was everybody was cool at the end of the game. I, I was wondering if there was going to be some sort of like weird icy handshake. No, it was just dudes being competitors, man. I enjoyed last night's intensity. Yeah. But Terquavion was a little extra at times. You mentioned DJ Burns in the second incident where he got tangled up with Mark Mitchell. And DJ was like, dude, don't. And DJ talked about it after the game saying, look, man, you already got one technical. Right. We need we need you functional. All right? So that, that's a maturity from the team and Terquavion listening, and that's their dynamic, and I think that's a positive 
for NC State. Now, the incident that the that the that the Twitter question is about was with Tyrese Proctor, and those guys had been kind of shoving each other up until that point. I thought it was gamesmanship. And in that inbounds where it was the same situation, Tyrese was coming up on Terquavion. Terquavion's like, back off. Tyrese came back up. Terquavion's like, nah, back off. And then Tyrese decided to embellish and then tripped up on DJ Burns' feet and then fell to the floor and then grabbed his ankle as though he was hurt. And then when he realized they blew the whistle, he let go of his ankle and he was up and he was fine yeah. and they go to the monitor. That, that was acting, but I also do think... Again, we've talked about this with the officials. They're human, right? Yeah. So Duke didn't get the call in Blacksburg with the throat punch, the accidental celebration throat punch, right? Duke didn't get the call in Charlottesville where they go up and the guy's fouled and they they screw it up, right? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying last night was the night where John Shire truly graduated got himself a call last night got himself he's truly... i do honestly i do think in the first because remember there was a review in the second half there was and that review was a play on yeah that, that one but that and that's what last night should have been the first the first around. one should have been a play on Tri- as well that should have been play on. but it's i like, think, guys, just don't do that i think the first one was you know what we kind of own oh one other note because those are reviewed from greensboro one one other note one other note Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement. Also, make sure you have a successful, income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away. No cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600-700. Because I had my opinion on what happened last night between Proctor and Terquavion Smith, right? And I said, that's hilarious. They should have just been a play-on situation. And I had a bunch of people going, well, Gold, go look at Gold. You go to Gold. I don't care. If you got a problem with Gold saying that was the right call, take it up with him. All right? Don't at me with like, hey, go get your boy. Nah, he's a grown-ass man. He can defend himself. And if you got a problem with what Gold said, I disagree with him. But if you got a problem with it, Take it up with gold. What am I supposed to do? Be like, hey, text Adam. Like, hey, Adam. Adam. The internet disagrees with you. Random person on Twitter is not pleased. It's not pleased with you, Adam. You might want to you might want to reassess your tweets, Adam. Please, if anything, it gives Adam strength. Feeds off that stuff. All right, next up. How you doing? From Stuart. Hey, Joe, should I be worried the wheels are falling off for the pack going oh, in to the NCAA tournament? Or am I just being paranoid? That. That. Like, don't go to Greensboro and lose the game on Wednesday. I'll say this about NC but you'll State's be fine. resume that people are are not quite squarely locked in on right now. Yeah, there are. They don't have a Q three loss. Mm-hmm. They don't have a Q four loss. Mm-hmm. Their strength of schedule is in the er, the, the early two hundreds. Non conference strength of schedule is like two oh eight. That's not three fifty three. Yeah, it's not going to sink. So you. it's not two thousand nineteen all over again. This isn't even Wake Forest last year. Mm-hmm. It's they're completely different resumes. The team who needs to be worried, believe it or not, and state fans would would lose their minds if it was the opposite. Clemson, we just saw them blow NC State out of the gym, right? And they beat them down in Clemson as well. Clemson's the team that's going to get left out if they end up losing in Greensboro. Because they their strength of schedule is 323. They have two Q4 losses with the potential for a third to turn into a Q4. Like, they have those... Clemson's the team that has the red flags this year. Mm -hmm. Wake Forest had a red flag last year. State had the red flag in 2019. 
Clemson is the team this year with the red flags. So it's not NC State. Do I recommend NC State losing on Wednesday? No. But I will say this. NC State's resume looks a lot more in line with a Michigan last year or one of these teams who got in and you're like, you don't even think twice about it. Next up. Whoa. From Triangle Sports Ball. Hey, Joe, which big dude had it harder with the refs? DJ Burns or Cam Newton? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. Would... Neither ever fouled, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Or were fouled. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Cam Newton. I'll go with Cam Newton because uh, his career essentially was cut short because of the way he was not officiated like normal quarterbacks. With DJ Burns, I, I get where the question's going there. There were a couple moments last night in the Duke game where it's like, what, what's DJ Burns supposed to do there? Or in, in some of the cases, why is there no call? Why is he not drawing a foul? And yet on the yeah. other end, there's some touch fouls, and you're like, what? Huh, what? It was kind of funny. There was a sequence where they're on the other end of the floor. He doesn't get a call. He comes down. He's st- Brian Driscoll's standing right in front right, of me, the official right. with the gray hair, is standing right in front of me, and DJ is looking at him. Not complaining, but he's kind of like, hey, like, man. dude, what? But then all of a sudden, you see Duke Proctor. come on the break. Yeah, Proctor's and coming down goes the up, break. And he was kind of vertical with him. Yeah. But quick whistle. Quick whistle. And I'm like, right. Because you know, if you listen to Pack Therapy with Scott Wood, he talks about all the time. Officials remember... Anything that shows them up, mm-hmm. any interaction you have with them, he basically said, you just basically have to say, great call, good job. Because if you say, if you even look at them the wrong way, he said, he doesn't think there's uh, a predisposed bias. Mm-hmm. He thinks once the game starts, they notice how you act towards them, mm-hmm. and that's what they're interested in shutting down. So I just thought it was int- it was like in real time because DJ's looking at him like and Driscoll sitting right in front, like right in front of me. Then all of a sudden he turns around and it was like, boop, <laughs> foul on you. And I was like, oh, okay, I see it. Yeah, funny I how that it. works. Next up, yeah, from Martin. Hey Joe, do we underrate Jeremy Roach in the landscape of ACC guards? Um, I don't think we underrate his value to Duke. I think when he was missing in the beginning of the season. It was clear that they needed his leadership. Yeah. But in terms of, is he better than R.J. Davis or Jorkel Joyner or Ty- Tyree Appleby? No. I don't think you could say all those things. No. I know. no but I, Certainly I, valuable, though. I, I think I think where Roach comes into play is what we've been talking about with Duke. It's it's It seems like a very selfless team. And they are. various guys will step up when needed and nobody gets pouty about things not working out their way or whatever it is. And that's why I actually like Duke down the stretch. Next up. Yeah. From Shorzy. Hey, Joe, what's your take on Kane's Elton John? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to explain all of this yes, to me. Yes, please right, do. All right, all right. This is, where, this is where I am disgusted with myself that I'm so extremely online that I even know what this is in reference to. Okay. So if you go to a Carolina Hurricanes game, there is a gentleman who wears, and we saw him actually last year at the playoffs, is a gentleman who wears a sparkly sequined red blazer okay and he has that the goggles that will have like has led writing on it so like there'll be a message that'll go across these led goggles okay um he's like any number he's like in the history of look at me canes fans there's been any number dumber guys yeah the dumb and dumber guys um i mean shout out to like the entirety of section 328 uh there's any variety of people who do this 
is Dancing Granny still with us? I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. Uh, and then you know, uh, there's one guy who shows up in an inflatable like mm-hmm. sumo suit type thing, and he dances in the aisle during the breaks, right? So. Look, this is as, as long as I've been alive, there's been these super fans that kind of become little celebrities amongst the group. I mean, Dolphin Denny, RIP, okay? That guy was literally paid by the Dolphins starting in the 80s to be that guy, even though he started that way in the 70s, regardless. But the reason why Sparkles, as some people call him, has found himself in some internet hot water is that he has front row seats. On the glass. And what usually happens in pregame, Joe, kids will go up with yeah. signs because they want the interaction with the players. That's their only opportunity during warm-ups. And there have been multiple, multiple instances where people have pointed out that Sparkles has been an ass, not just to the parents, but to the kids. Okay? That's the alleged behavior. And this has picked up steam from this past weekend. And he has since gone on Facebook and, you know, in a very normal fashion, left a all caps screed saying that the he ch- did. He did. All caps. Very, very just very hinged behavior. Not right? think of the children, but no, get, think these, of me. get these damn kids out of here. No, it wasn't even that. It was think of me and what you're doing to my reputation. Oh. Not about think of the children, right? Oh, okay. So anyway. I see this story and I just roll my eyes. And again, it's not anything. It's not really anything towards sparkles. It's more towards ah yes, here we are again in the usual life cycle of the look at me fan who goes to games not to watch but to be seen. He's not the first. He's not the last. They have their moment in the sun, and it's like milkshake duck. At some point, you find out. Oh, look that one up. Milkshake duck. Look it up. It'll explain my... Uh, I can't explain it fully in the air. I don't have enough time. But the point... Because I'm extremely online. But the point is, there will come a time of resentment. We've hit that point with this guy. We see him, you know, on the Bally Sports thing. Dennis, I know you work for Bally Sports. So do you not see sparkles in oh, the background I, of every intermission? I see sparkles every day. And does he move for the kids who actually want to be on TV? No. no he doesn't. He's, He's there. there. For him. He's there for him. And he yells and all that kind of stuff. It's cute. And then it gets old. And then people want you out the paint. Tales old as time. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Joining us on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline from the NHL Network, co-host of NHL Now, he is EJ Raddick. EJ, what's going on, man? Well, it's busy. We got yeah. a lot going on. There's been a lot of trades. There's been uh, it's been a crazy week so far. A lot of big names moving, and 
the Eastern Conference is uh, it's going to be a bear. It's going to be a bear in the playoffs. You're right. It's been busy in the Eastern Conference, just not here. I, I, maybe we're exhausted from the stadium series. They wanted to kind of take this easy <laughs> after being the center of attention for a couple of weeks. Maybe that was the case. I. I know that the Carolina Hurricanes under Tom Dundon and Rod Brindamore operate in a different way. I get that part. But you and I both know that if you've got a window, sometimes going and, and, and replacing the guy that you brought in, in the case of Max Pacioretty and the $10 million in cap space, you almost signal to the room, too, yeah, we're doubling down here. We are in on this. Are you surprised that even this trade deadline, the Canes have been kind of quiet with it? Well, it's not over yet. I mean, we got to, we've got a couple more days, and I, you know, I think that you know that Donnie Waddell and Tom Dundon and Roddy and the group there, they've probably been in on a lot of these different discussions. It's just other teams been willing to maybe go deeper into their pockets to make it work, and uh, so we'll see how it plays out. The Canes have a really good team. Uh, I think you know, it's been a great season, I, and I look at the group. I still think that you know they if they could if they could have found a way to really improve that second center spot that would help them maybe a depth D but I think those things are you know I don't think the guys that we thought would be good fits as second centers are still available because they've been moved or they've had other issues that would prohibit them from being traded but I do think there are players out there and this is where teams and their scouting staffs you know dig in and do the work there are players out there that might be really helpful for the Carolina Hurricanes that we haven't really in the media talked about as much. So we'll see what happens between now and the deadline. But, you know, the Canes have a really good team, mm -hmm. and they've been good all year, and there's no – they don't have to worry about familiarity or moving in six or seven bodies there. So we'll see how it plays out. But, uh, you know, I do think that they'll, they've probably got another move. They've got a, probably a move or two. Okay in them before 3 o'clock on Friday. All right. All right. E.J. Raddick, NHL Network co-host, NHL Now, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovius. All right, let's, let's talk about the move they did make for Jesse Pugliarvi. Uh, Edmonton, I understand Edmonton wants to clear out some space. They do their thing after that. The Canes don't necessarily give up much of anything in, uh, to give back to Edmonton. Who is Jesse Pugliarvi, other than a guy who played with Sebastian Ajo in juniors and will probably spend some time in the sauna at his house. <laughs> well, there's there's a little bit of a Finnish mafia there in Carolina. <laughs> Indeed. Led by Sebastian Ajo, right? And uh, so he's somebody that the players in Carolina, some of their, their top guys have familiarity with. He was a very high draft pick back in 2016. He was sought by many to be going third overall to, to Columbus. They surprised, and they took Pierre-Luc Dubois, and uh, Edmonton jumped up at four and took Pugliarvi, but it just has not really worked for him at Edmonton. And uh, I think this is kind of one of those low-risk, potentially high-reward acquisitions that if, uh, you know, if he can come in there and uh, he's got great size, he's got ability to score goals, um, he could be someone that could come in and fit what they're doing and, and really be a helpful piece for them. But if he doesn't, they're not on the hook really long term. They didn't, as you mentioned, they didn't spend much to get him. So it's, uh, you know, they're kind of taking a flyer on someone that had a really high, uh, was a really highly thought of prospect in his draft year and is still young and could come in there and, 
and be a helpful player. So it'll be kind of interesting to watch how it plays out there because, you know, we have seen that movie before where a guy has changed uh, places and it had a change of scenery and took off. I mean, there's a lot of stability in Carolina, which they ne- didn't necessarily have during Cleo's tenure at Edmonton. And Roddy Brindamore is, I think, uh, unassailable as a coach and as someone that could, you know, kind of really help a player find his way. And so, uh, you know, I think it made sense from that standpoint. We'll see how it works out. EJ Raddick joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Jovius. I'm Joe Giglio. You can catch him on the NHL Network's NHL Now. It's on weekdays, 4 o'clock. They got all of your trade deadline coverage. EJ, uh, unrelated to a trade that the Canes made or, or anything else there in the Eastern Conference, when you, uh, from a distance as an outsider, when you look at the Carolina Hurricanes and their goaltending situation, do you think they're solid enough there to win the Cup? Well, I mean, when when you have guys that haven't won it, there's always that question, right? How will they perform in big moments? And Freddie Anderson has been around a while. He's been in a lot of big games um, that haven't gone his way. So I guess that's there, right? But over time, sometimes, guys, you know, when you have enough opportunities, maybe you find your way. I mean, this is a good team in front of, of him mm-hmm. and, and Auntie Ronta. I mean, my worry about both those guys is they, they have had injury issues in the past. We saw that play out last year. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Peter Kochetkov ended up in the mix. And I think Peter Kochetkov is the long-term guy there. I think that, you know, that's that's the direction it's going down the road. But for now, it's it's Freddie Anderson. And when he's, when he's healthy and playing well, he's very good. So, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see again if there's any other ads they make in terms of the guys in front of them before the deadline. But I think they're both capable if they stay healthy and if the team in front of them plays well. I mean, that's, to me, the bottom line. But, you know, this this Eastern Conference this year looks like it's just going to be a slugfest with uh, <laughs> you know, those top six teams, and Carolina is amongst them. Yeah. Any of those top six teams, I think, could get to the final. EJ- so, you know, we'll see how it goes. EJ Raddick, NHL Network, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovies. We'll close on this. You actually you walked me up to it by pointing out the, the nature of the Eastern Conference right now. It's kind of like the AFC side of things for the NFL, where you, you got all these these teams in their in their in their playoff windows with all these quarterbacks. So based on what we've seen so far, with the trade deadline being Friday, what you've seen so far which team do you feel truly put themselves in a position that you don't want to mess with them come playoff times? I, I feel like the answer might be New York, but I'm curious your answer. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Boston has had such a good year, and then they added two pieces that are really good fits. I mean, it's always about fit. And Dmitry Orlov has already had an impact there in Boston. I mean, he, he, he's such a good, like, second-pair guy there. And you add them to the mix, what they already have. It just was a good piece for them. And then they added, you know, Garden Hathaway, who is a fourth liner, but he's a big, strong, hard to play against kind of guy that will help you, and he can kill penalties. Will help you in 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 these games where it's going to be really competitive and really tough. Um, so I like that because those were fits. I really mm-hmm. like that for Boston. The Rangers. I mean, they're loaded before the season started. I picked them as a team that could win the cup. And 
that's before they added Tarasenko and Kane. Yeah. Uh, their top nine. I mean, they're just the, the thing you worry about is there is you know is there enough ice time to go around? <laughs> but I mean, they have some. I mean, that is a legit top nine. There are no holes in that top nine. Um, that kid line, which was good in the playoffs last year. I mean, they're going to be able to play. You know, they're not going to be able to. They're going to be able to play and not have to worry about really tight checkers playing against them. So they benefited from that last year, and I think they'll probably benefit from it again this year because you have to focus on the guys on those top two lines if you're going to focus your checking against them. So they're a hard matchup because of that. I like their defense. They're, they have some big, long, lanky guys that are hard to play against, and their goalie is really good. So, I mean, the Rangers are going to be they're going to be a tough out. But here's the thing, Joe. They, they're playing, you know, they could play the Devils in the first round. The Devils really intimidate with speed, mm-hmm. and I've watched the Rangers and Devils games this year. Like, like Kane and Tarasenko are not going to make the Rangers faster, right? Yeah, I was going to say so, Kane, Kane's on the tail end, so yeah, he's not he's not going to stay up. He's not going to stay up up that way. Yeah, so but like the Devils, like it's always to me about matchups and injuries in the postseason, mm-hmm. and the Devils can present a problem because their speed puts you on your heels. And so that will be interesting. If those two teams meet in the first round, I don't think that's necessarily a bad matchup for the Devils, and they're going to be playing with house money because they're the, the upstart team here, and uh, the Rangers will have that pressure of having to you know, move forward off a of Final Four appearance last year. So it's, again, matchups and injuries are so important. And for Carolina, like, they're likely, if they can hang on to first place, you play one of those wild-card teams, maybe that's a good matchup. You advance to the second round. You get a Ranger or Devils team that has a really emotional series. All of a sudden now the road starts to get better for Carolina. And then who knows what you're going to get if you can get past those rounds. Who knows what you're going to get out of the, out of the other division, out of the Atlantic. So it's always to get matchups, injuries, and then how the path unfolds for you. So that Carolina finishing first would be a really plus, a big plus, I think, for them in helping them set their path to get through the Eastern Conference and maybe get to the final and win the Cup. E.J. Raddick, NHL Network, NHL Now co-host. We appreciate the time as always, E.J. I'm sure we will be talking to you more once the playoffs come around. Take it easy. You got it, Joe. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.